I'm with Paul Marvin today. Very busy man. Thank you for coming along, Paul. Paul, so where did you start life? Was it sort of northwest Kent area, was it? Yep, yep. I was uh, born in Abbeywood, but about the age of one, I moved to St Mary Cray, which is very near Orpington. Um, and I spent, yeah, the first sort of 18 years of my life there. Abbey Wood, because people living around here were known Abbey Wood, which is completely different from the Abbey Wood that, uh, in fact, I know as well because I'm from that near that area. So, local schools there. Yeah, I uh, well, I went to my local primary there, St uh, Paul's Cray Infants, which then became a primary. Then I went on to a school in Orpington, which was called St Olaf's uh, Grammar School, uh, where it was an all boys school. So that was an interesting experience. As a as a youngster, um, did you have a Christian faith, or did you have any? Uh, did you go to church or anything like that? Yeah, so uh, my father was brought up as a Christian. So when uh, we uh, when when we were younger, we used to go to our local church, um, C of E Church. He was uh, he worked there. He worked in the church there. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time there while I was growing up. Father unfortunately died when I was nine. So probably about that time, we weren't as regular as we used to be. And I think probably by the time I was leaving to go to university, I was probably the only one still attending church at that point. But while you were still a teenager, was there youth um, activities there, youth clubs? Uh, we did have one when I was younger, um, sort of about 11, 12, uh, but that didn't really sort of, it sort of finished soon after soon after that. So yeah, it was more of a sort of going along, but not being any sort of actual sort of, you know, there wasn't a lot of other youth in the church at that point. So as a youngster in that area, did you do things like paper round or work in a little local shop or anything? Well, I did have a paper round for a bit with a friend, which was a sort of a hefty paper on a Wednesday evening. I remember taking two hours to do all that. And then sort of about the age of sort of 15, 16, I started working in our local Safeways, uh, which is in Orpington. Of course, most people won't even know what Safeway is now. No, um, and but there's a lot of... Um uh, little businesses and shops and industries all along the the, um, the sort of road into Orpington. What sort of aspirations might have you had had in in those days? Did you think that you might have a career in what you're doing now? Yeah. So while we were at secondary school, a friend of mine and me, we did uh, used to go and visit a local uh, school, uh, primary school, and we were working. I think it was on Wednesday afternoons. We used to go along and support some of the children and teachers in the school. At that point, it was more sort of an idea wasn't really necessarily something I had my heart set on but I think as I got a bit older sort of 16 17 I could see that there was a, a potential but when I went to university I actually started doing um, a visual cultures degree which is actually sort of the history of art and history of film um, and I was quite inspired by that but I couldn't really see any sort of career coming out of that so soon after I was sort of getting to the end of my degree I was beginning to think maybe I should do a PGCE and uh, that would be uh, something that, you know, at least that could be something I could go into if I felt I wanted to. In the early days, then, you did have the experience of a classroom of, of children. Was That's probably before the days of job experience or work experience. There, it was it was sort of a bit like, it was like a couple of weeks. I remember doing a couple of weeks work experience and I actually went back to my old primary uh, when I did the sort of two weeks. This was as I was sort of getting into the sixth form doing A-levels. And I remember sort of spending two weeks there. And again, I went back there when I started my PGCE as well. So, yeah, it was just a sort of an, an idea of, of, of that and actually just working with teachers, seeing the sort of things I could get involved in, the sort of roles that were there. You're still living in that area, northwest Kent. Now, as a teenager, was you a bit of a tear away? Um, I wasn't too bad. I do remember that my friends and I used to uh, frequent the local uh, park on a Saturday evening. Um, and I was often the one 
asked to uh, go into the local off-licence at the ages of 16 and 17 because I obviously looked the right age, so not very... Uh, Good way of uh, <laughs> of doing things, but yeah, we did. It was there was nowhere else to go really. So yeah, uh, you weren't tearing away on a motorbike or a scooter or anything like that. No, I didn't. I learned to drive when I was seventeen, but didn't really start driving properly till I was about twenty. So yeah. So you decided to go to university. What university was this then? I uh, went for the University of Derby. There was about three or four universities I was considering, but that was the one that sort of worked and fitted uh, in terms of the degree, the course that they were doing. And it also worked in terms of my final A-level grades. Uh, one place I was considering I didn't quite get the grades for. So uh, initially it was where I thought probably would be a good place to go, but I do think at that point that God had other plans, that that was where he wanted me to be. At that point, I wasn't really... Uh, following my faith at all there wasn't you know I wasn't really involved in a church or anything but by the time I'd got there within a sort of a few weeks I met a few people a few friends including my my wife Teresa and began to start considering you know maybe actually there could be some truth behind all of this. Uh, The university how did you get on with that? Uh, I loved it you know I was able to just sort of study sort of we studied a lot of uh, artwork we looked at sort of the um, philosophy behind it as well we I remember doing the film courses it was great because you could spend whole lecture time sort of watching movies and then sort of talking about it afterwards no I had a fab time and you know I sort of yeah just remember just enjoying learning sort of different things right than what I'd been learning before was you formulating a pathway for the career you're doing now uh, again at that point I think when I started I still hadn't qu- quite considered what I was going to do by the time I'd done sort of a couple of years in my degree, I think that's when I started considering what what will I move on to because I knew in a year that I was going to finish that and then I wasn't sure where I'd go from there. So it, I again reminded myself, it sort of came to me that I'd I'd worked in schools before, I'd worked with primary children and I thought, well, I can easily move into a PGCE and they'll accept me at that point with a visual cultures degree. I don't know whether they would now. So it seemed a sort of a logical thing to do. Your home base was still Northwest Kent, or had you moved at this time? Yeah, I was. I was in yeah, still in West Kent then. So I used to come back obviously for holidays, and I had moved into a house with some friends, which was was working quite well. But yeah, at that point, it was we sort of got to about my third year. So I suppose I've gone along to one of these week events where uh, you know people are t- you know talk about the Christian faith. I went along with some friends, so I gave my life to Jesus on in February 1995. I spent another couple of years there and by the time I'd got to my sort of second or third year I sort of felt that this was the right place to stay and at least for that moment I felt that I wanted to stay in Derby, to work there, to live there. I'd formed a proper relationship now with my my wife-to-be, Teresa, by that point and we got married uh, soon after my degree finished in March 1999. So your degrees in history and art, did you get the grades that you were expecting? Yeah, I got a, a 2-2. I was hoping for a 2-1, but didn't quite get that. I, I think my um, my dissertation let me down a little bit. But other than that, I was I was happy. And it meant I could go into the PGCE, which was a very intensive year. I remember doing lectures from 9 till 1 and then other lectures from like 1 till 5. There were just long, long lecture times. First two school placements I had were tricky you know, sort of doing that teacher training. I also remember at one point I was on a teacher training placement. Our friends had some friends who got married and they were getting married in Liverpool and I was supposed to be the best man because my the uh, the lady that was sort of overseeing my teaching role at the time was, you know, no, you can't just go off early on went Friday to go up and do the practice. They had to rearrange the whole 
practice of the uh, wedding rehearsal around me, which I felt a little bit miffed about. It was a, it was a tricky year, it was a difficult year. I remember falling asleep quite a lot in the early evenings, but I did manage to pass the PGCE. Have you followed art in all of your career or have you branched off in any way? So I've always had a love of art and it's something actually that I share with Teresa, which is which is great. It's been real a real privilege recently. I've Obviously I teach art to the children, although I must admit I prefer studying art than teaching it. But recently, I've been able to put together my love of art with my love of teaching religious education in schools. I did something called a Farmington Project, which I was given sort of 30 days out of class to look up and study um, something in an area of RE that you know I was keen to do. And so I was able to put together a resource uh, with a bank of images that teachers could use within the classroom just spending that time looking at different images uh, sort of biblical images and different artists from different time periods and putting that together was just it was just a really great opportunity to be able to incorporate both you know my faith and my love of art is that resource used by other other schools i've just recently i've got a multi-academy trust that i'm part of so i have just recently uploaded that to our our shared drive and i have shared it with the farmington institute but there are others I know that were keen to have that resource, so I need to just get round to doing it. <laughs> okay, you finished university, you got married, and then you moved. Um, so just explain um, what happened there. Okay, so obviously we, we got married in 99. We realised that being away from both sets of family, were, it was quite tricky to organise all of that up in Derby because we were miles away from both my mum and Teresa's parents. So when we'd been up there a little while, we thought probably soon we'll want to think about starting a family. And I think our first consideration was we don't want to do that on our own. So we decided we would need to move and we were deciding whether to move nearer my mum or whether to move nearer Teresa's parents. My mum lived obviously still near Kent, so it was it was still quite expensive around there. We decided on uh, Froome at the time, which is where Teresa's parents were. We didn't want to be on their doorstep thought that probably wouldn't be the best thing so we had during some holiday times we'd um, come along to uh, Welton Church obviously and uh, near Radstock and so we felt actually maybe Radstock and Midsummer Norton is a, is a good place because it's far enough away from relatives uh, so that they're not on our doorstep but near enough so they can still help once we've still we've started our family. So you've been here it seems like forever uh, I mean we're I'm a relatively newcomer for 10 years you've been here almost double that I think obviously you go on holiday and do various things and have you any stories that you perhaps tell the listeners yeah so we've we've had a, we had an opportunity to go to Amsterdam actually last year it was a holiday that we were hoping to do during 2020 because but of course we couldn't so we were able to do that last last year which was a really good opportunity yeah we had a fantastic place we were staying in uh, an airbnb place do remember quite distinctly uh, waking up quite hurriedly one morning uh, hoping to, uh, you know, getting all excited about going to the Anne Frank Museum and uh, going down uh, the steps into the kitchen, which was on the bottom floor. Unfortunately, uh, people who'd installed the new the kitchen down there hadn't put a handrail in, so I ended up tumbling down the last half of the steps. <laughs> Fortunately, I was absolutely fine, uh, probably because I was still half asleep. It did cause a little bit of pain for a few days, and, uh, but no, I've fully recovered. Did you drive there or fly over to Amsterdam? So we flew over. Yeah, it was the first time my son, who's now 12, had been on a, an airplane. It was a it was a fab time. The other uh, holiday that I can think of, we hadn't managed to go abroad for about six years. And my daughter was five at this time. So Teresa was pregnant with Sean, but not so pregnant she couldn't fly. And we were able to go to Spain. I've got family who've got a, a villa out there. 
And so they set us up with a place to stay and we, you know, we were just going to spend the week there. But having not been abroad for six years, it was quite ridiculous, really, that within the time we were there, there was the ash cloud that formed. This would have been in 2009. Yes, yeah, so we had to be delayed by a further week. I really wish, looking back on it now, we'd, we'd been able to enjoy that extra week. We were so worried about getting back and whether we'd have to particularly because my wife was pregnant, whether we'd have to book a, a ship or something. And it was interesting. We were in, in a hired car and we just heard our flight back had been cancelled for the second time. And we were both panicking in the front there, thinking, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And it was my daughter, who was a safe five at the time, piped up from the back. Maybe we should pray. So we did. I got a phone call back from my uncle, who, who's the man living at, he's living out there. And uh, he said, I've managed to get you a flight for a day earlier. A story of faith that, uh, you know, you can be... Uh, it's out of the mouth of babes, they say, don't they? Midsummer Norton. Now, Wilton Baptist Church have moved a few times. Norton Hill and Summervale. Now we're at the football club. You've probably seen all these moves. In that time, Enfest has been a quite a big uh, event. And I know that you're nabbed by Alison to do some leading parts. I take it that you quite enjoy that. It's one of those things where, you know, being a primary school teacher and spending 39 to 40 weeks of your life with, with 30 children at a time, that when it comes up and you think, I'm, do I really want to give five days of my well-earned uh, six-week holiday to working with children, it does often fill my mind with dread. But every year, without fail, I have agreed to go along and have agreed to muck in. And I always enjoy it once I'm there. It's one of those things that, yeah, initially you just think, I, I just can't gear up to this at all. But by the time you're in there, by the time all the children are in there, uh, and everything's happening it's just so yeah it's exhilarating it's been a shame that for a couple of years we haven't had it live and been able to join in online which has been fine but we've been able to deliver boxes which has also been a joy but I think this year yeah we're going to be back you know back in the hall together often you're given leading roles as well uh, it's either because of your presence on your uh, good speaking voice possibly do you do you enjoy or is it a bit nerve-wracking taking some of these leading roles I, I love taking a group. I love leading a group, and obviously, I have been asked to do sort of some of the sort of the bits on stage, whether that's been sort of an acting bit or acting part, or whether it's sort of like uh, doing the um, memory verse. Almost forgot what the memory verse was. That's my memory. Uh, so no, it's something that it's I, I enjoy it. Again, it is fun to do. I think for me, as I'm you know getting older, I'm finding that learning the lines is harder. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I really, really need to learn these, but you just keep putting it off and putting it off. But again, once I've learned them, once I'm up there, it is, it is great. It's fun. Do you share your faith with your colleagues at all? I got a very privileged opportunity because as part of my multi-academy trust, I have a dual role. So I'm teaching for part of the week, but I'm also got this advisory uh, religious education lead within the trust. So I do go around quite a few of the schools and I get a chance to visit, you know, new heads, you know, heads from other schools, teachers from other schools. And I do sort of uh, find that I sort of bump into people and and often the sort of element of faith does come out quite a lot. Uh, I also get an opportunity to share it with the children quite a lot because I'm always asked whenever we do an RE lesson, very often I'm asked if, well, if, I'm, if I'm a Christian, they literally say that. And obviously, with the way the schools are, you you know, I say, yes, I am. But that, you know, that's my own personal choice. In terms of colleagues, I've had a few interesting stories with particularly where, uh, you know, they've had, you know, things have been going on in their lives and they've struggled with uh, families and family situations. There's been opportunities to pray. And so I've often offered people the opportunity to pray. My my head of school recently uh, spoke to me because there'd been an injury. Uh, one of the uh, young lads that plays for Bath 
City Football Club had had a really serious injury a few weeks back. It was it was quite you know it was a dangerous situation. He, we weren't sure what was going to happen, and he did say he literally said, "Well, as a man of faith, I thought I'd like to let you know that you know we you know this boy is quite poorly, quite well, badly injured." And basically, there's an opportunity for me to pray. So we we get those opportunities, which is is fab, and and people are quite willing to sort of you know say, "Oh, would you mind, you know, or just consider this at the moment." So, Paul, just tell the listeners the sort of things that you do in your spare time, if you've got any spare time. That is, things that interest you. And well, I think probably the things that we're doing most of the time at the moment are it's just sort of having day trips, getting out for the days. We've got National Trust membership. Just being able to go up to the houses and look round in the gardens. It's also, we've noticed more recently that we've been able to sort of include our love of art as well because some of the National Trust houses do have some, you know, fantastic artwork. And we, we visited uh, one the other day and we were just able to talk to one of the, the, the guys there about some of the pictures that were there. It's just a really brilliant opportunity. Do a little bit of running. I don't go as often as I'd like, I don't think really, but I do enjoy that. It gets me out of, the, out of the house, bit of headspace. More recently, I've sort of, got more in, engaged in my sort of love of music I've always had a love of music um, right from very early on um, but um, I've just sort of spent a bit more time sort of listening to some music and getting back into that um, really enjoying sort of sort of funk and soul music at the moment um, and uh, sort of you know building up sort of repertoire there just enjoying that and actually also probably annoying my Facebook um, friends by sort of posting <laughs> videos of, of songs on there um for them to listen to not sure they do yeah that's probably the sort of the things that i'm enjoying the most at the moment i'm also absolutely loving reading as well which again as a child i didn't really get into that but um probably from for about the last 10 years i've really enjoyed sort of getting into books different sorts of books love my science fiction so yeah i've always been a big fan of of doctor who and uh, yeah just reading some of the old science fiction books from the 50s you mentioned doctor who there i'm struggling these days with doctor who to understand the plots they seem so entangled i don't know if you can cope with it can you cope with all the plots yeah i can um it, I, I it's really awkward because i think we watch it as a family so i have to have the subtitles on because i am desperately trying to understand every little bit of it and see if there's any references to previous doctors and previous eras uh, whereas you know my family are quite happy to talk above it or watch their phones at the same time i really enjoyed some of the most recent uh, series mostly i prefer the 70s 80s era actually if i'm honest with you well i go back to william hartnell well i, I find i fall asleep when i watch william hartnell <laughs> yeah. my, my favorite probably at the moment are either john pertwee or tom baker yeah. coming back to art does that encompass everything, sculpture and the whole gamut? Yeah, I think basically for me, it's if I see something that I love, then I want to know more about it. More recently, I've discovered um, an American artist called Daniel Bunnell, who obviously is a Christian, he's got a Christian faith, and he's done some absolutely amazing pictures, uh, particularly pictures that are related to, to Jesus or to the the you know the Christmas Christmas story, the Christian story, I should say. Just that, you know, you get you can see a picture and you can't necessarily say what it is about it but you just you know enthralled with it and there have been examples of of sculpture as well i remember there's uh, one by michelangelo uh, pieta which uh, if you don't know that sculpture it's a beautiful one where mary is holding um, jesus after he's off the cross my daughter was quite taken by that picture recently as well which was really lovely and um, how about abstract art Are you into that well a lot of Bunnell's work is is semi-abstract, more expressionist, I suppose, rather than abstract. Um, so I love expressionist art very much. Um, abstract, again, I think a lot of abstract art 
if it's on a page in a book or on a postcard, it probably doesn't really do anything. But if it's there in front of you, full size, sometimes you just can get that sort of sense of awe from it, I suppose. But that depends on each individual piece. Do you go visiting abroad when it comes to art? Are there some places you'd really like to go to? Um, yeah, well, when we went to Amsterdam, we spent about four hours in the Van Gogh Museum, which was just amazing. We also, before our daughter was born again, my wife was pregnant with my first child, we went to uh, Barcelona and predominantly we went there because we wanted to see some of Gaudi's architecture. And I remember spending, you know, about, again, two or three hours just trying to take in one of his houses. Just fantastic. We didn't manage to go to see the Sagrida Familia while we were there, but um, I know it's supposed to be finished very soon, so we may go back to visit. So do you produce any art yourselves? <laughs> well, yeah, um, I'm, I don't do a lot myself. I did when I was younger, but my, uh, my wife, we had an opportunity, obviously, with lockdown, spent a lot more time at home, so we were able to spend more time in the garden. And we had this idea when we came back from Barcelona sort of 20 years ago that we were going to sort of recreate some of Gaudi's artwork in our garden. And we got the opportunity, so we've got sort of two walls at the back of our garden that we, we whitewashed, painted white, and... Uh, we smashed up some uh, tiles, kitchen tiles, bathroom tiles, and sort of recreated sort of Gaudi effect uh, on these walls, which are still there, still uh, sometimes a bit more weather beaten than we'd like, but they're still there, you know, looking good. Um, is it a talking point for when people come round? Sometimes, if we get into the garden, you know, if if, if the weather's not too bad and uh, you know that the, it's 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 good enough to get out there, we will go round to the back, and people have picked up on it, yeah. You sound to me uh, a creative sort of person. I'm obviously art lover, but there's um, there's a hint of creativity there. Just ex- explain to the listeners what, how you put that to use. When uh, we knew we were going to have our first child, we uh, I decided that I needed to get a camcorder. I said I've got to record as much of this as I can because they grow up so quickly, don't they? So it started off that I uh, started filming yeah, my daughter from from birth, or from before birth actually, and started putting together sort of a sort of half an hour video of that. And then from there that sort of escalated. So for about the first 15, 16 years of her life, I um, we put together sort of a family video. And after about the first year, I thought, I've got to try and theme these. So each of them is themed around either a famous film or maybe a fam- famous TV series. It's meant that we've had to do a little bit of creative thinking to you know whether we had to reenact sort of a, a scene from Forty Towers or a, a scene from the latest uh, Doctor Who or something just to sort of create these videos I spend time sort of putting those together editing them putting music on and it sort of culminated uh, when my daughter was 18 recently I sort of went through sort of the uh, reams and reams of video and put together sort of a, a, a best moments video for her for her 18th birthday that sounds brilliant have you you got a number of these sets now already produced yeah, so they're all on DVD up to about the age of 16. I'm sort of working on sort of the next, the last few years at the moment, which is uh, taking a little longer than I would hope. Have you done any writing? Uh, when I was younger, I did do some writing. I sort of had some ideas around sort of uh, experiences as I was growing up. And then more recently, I suppose, I mean, not, not in the last few years, but when I first became a Christian back in 1995, I had this idea of of creating, I suppose, a semi-autobiographical story of a child being brought up in a, a church background, I suppose, and um, trying to get across the Christian message through that. If I'm honest, it didn't really come to much. It's something that I'm wondering whether I would pursue when I'm older. I've certainly used the skills within my job because I do quite a lot of, you know, to write a few reports as part of my role uh, within our multi-academy trust. That sort of opportunity to type and everything sort of has, has helped me with that. Yes, I, I can see you as a writer. Uh, have you actually written anything? 
Well, not as so completed. I did complete one story, and again, this is probably after I sort of finished as a teacher. Uh, sorry, started as a teacher. I put together a, sort of a story about two rabbits uh, involving a silly situation over a sort of a carpet beater from the Victorian ages, which I had quite a lot of fun. I sort of woke up one morning, had this idea, and just sort of sat down and wrote it. I haven't really delved much further than that as I say it would be great to be able to write some sort of science fiction story at some point had a few ideas but no nothing's actually come to sure we all look forward to something uh, uh, coming out of this in the next few years okay well maybe watch this space I suppose Paul well thank you for this little interview and this talk it's been uh, real fun talking to you yes and you too Malcolm thank you